warmly welcome Charles Park. Hey, good morning. Happy Advent. It's great to uh, celebrate Advent with you. It's December already. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. You know, 2017, it's over. It's next year coming up. Wow, right? So this is the uh, holiday season, right? And uh, we celebrate this season. We call this Advent. It's traditionally four weeks leading up to Christmas. We celebrate the coming of God as human being in Christ Jesus. Uh, most of us know that, right? And, uh, you know, sometimes because it's such a uh, holidays, it always comes, it can become something of a holiday sentiment, this advent, this idea that God came to us as a human being. We're, we're so used to hearing it that it can become just a cliché. But this Advent message, this event, has real impact. It can have huge impact on individual lives as well as culture at large. And so this season, we're going to look at the impact of the Advent in three different dimensions. God in us, God among us, and God through us. God in us provides foundational reason for dignity in all human beings. God is in us that gives divine dignity to all human beings, right? That's powerful, dignity. God among us speaks to community and connection. And God through us speaks to purpose and meaning. behind our lives. And Caroline, our family pastor, came up with this. And the River Kids, they are in the same schedule. We're going to be looking at these themes together. So I'm really glad that the whole church, we are in sync this Advent season. I like that. That's going to be great. Um, and today, we'll focus on God in us and dignity for all people. So last Sunday was our Thanksgiving Sunday. How many of you were here? A lot of us were gone, but a lot of us were here. And three people shared about what they're grateful for. And I was so moved. It was just a powerfully great time. It encouraged me to no end. And there was this common thread between all three sharings about how they were finding God as their unique individual selves. And they were all very different. And I love that. Nandu talked about how she has been an oddball all her life. She's been tolerated, but never affirmed, she shared. And uh, even this gospel message, she finds it very attractive, but she found it difficult to discover her own way of connecting to God Because she's an oddball, you know. But in the class we offer, Tuesdays with God, it gave her space to be herself, and that made a difference in connecting to God. And she was grateful for that. I found that very, you know, wonderful, encouraging. And Brent shared about how she, he's had just such a unique journey in life, 
And how grateful he is that he's being given space to find his own path and connect to God at the same time here at the river. And then Amy shared about thinking of God as both male and female. And that was so interesting. Because we, we think of God pretty much exclusively as male. We talk of him as he, we speak of him as the Father God. And she's talked about how she grew up with all that. She grew up in the South, in the church culture. And it was very loving, and it was all working for her. But it's had this um, impact on her, this subtle impact as a woman. Uh, and uh, she's coming to realize what impact it has had, and, and her kind of discovering how it feels to think of God as both male and female. She, she talked about uh, queen mother, like even calling God not as the king, but as queen, mother God, as opposed to father God. Remember that? And, and I was sitting there listening to this, and I just was really moved because she was really sharing from her heart, and, and I loved it. I tracked with it. At the same time, in the back of my head, I got a little nervous. <laughs> you know, as, as one of the pastors here, I started to wonder, is everyone going to be okay with this? You know? It's, what would some people think? Queen mother. You know, is, is that language too progressive? Is that too new agey-ish? Some newfangled cultish stuff? I mean, Mother God, right? Let's be honest. I mean, Mother God, doesn't that strike you a little bit funny? Yes? Right? Like, we're just not used to that. It just seems so strange, right? So I got nervous. Is everyone going to be okay with this? And then I thought, the Bible is so clear, though. From the very beginning, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So how can we read this verse and not realize God is both male and female, right? If both female and male are made in God's image, then God has to have both male and female in him. And yet, even as we realize, even as this, this verse is declaring that, it keeps saying, He created them. God created mankind in His image. Right? So even as it's saying it's both, God is both male and female, it refers to God as He. And, and that has impact. It it's the power and limitation of language. <laughs> you know? I mean, we don't have language to describe this. It's, it's one or the other, right? And, and it, it goes to he and him. And, and, and so, looking at this verse, we realize it's just as legitimate to think of God as a she, as a he, Mother God, as Father God, both are just as legitimate, and yet we get stuck. 
because of the traditional understanding of God and how we refer to Him and the language we use. We always talk about God as Father God, He. I mean, there is no worship song about the Mother God. Right? I can't think of one. Many, many about Father God, but no Mother God. And this is not just semantics. This is not just little language problem. It has real impact in life. And Amy shared about that impact, even as she loved all that was happening around her church and a male-dominated church setting and all that. It all worked for her. It was all fine. And yet, she shared there was this subtle sense in her soul that somehow she falls short as a woman. Because she is a woman, she doesn't fit the norm because God is male. Right? If God is always seen as male, for God is always the Father God, then as a woman, she is somehow deviated from the norm. And she can never get there. You never get there. And that has impact. Her dignity as a woman, it subtly puts women in second-class category. It has impact. It can make you less confident. It can make you more vulnerable to shame. Modern research shows us. For example, they did an experiment. They gathered a whole bunch of Asian women. And they had them think about how they are Asian. And they had them take a math test. And they scored above average. And then they had them think of how they are women. And then they took a math test. And then they did worse than average. Isn't that so interesting? It's because of this subconscious cultural assumption that Asians are good at math. You know that? It's not really true. I mean, maybe it is true. I don't know. But there's this, like, cultural assumption out there in the ether somewhere that Asians are good at math. And so when you start thinking of yourself as Asian, and you're good at math, you, you perform better. And then there's this cultural assumption out there that women are bad at math or science or whatever. So you start thinking about that, and then you do the math, and somehow, according to your faith, so shall it be, as Jesus taught us. It sort of impacts you. It has real impact. This idea that God is male. So male is the perfect norm. And anything else is less than God's standard. Do you see that can have impact? Do we agree? It can have real impact in individual lives, in the culture at large, in human history. It really does. The assumptions, the language, the culture, they have impact. And this is why I love the gospel message, the Advent message. Jesus came as a human being to give dignity to all human beings, male and female, equally to all people. 
same dignity. Jesus came to blow up the old traditional way of thinking, religious thinking. He abolished the old covenant. His coming gives intrinsic dignity to every human being. There's this very powerful verse in the Bible that declares, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, free or slave, male or female in Christ Jesus, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. I love that. It's such a powerful prophetic declaration because nobody thought like this back then. This This is such a prophetic declaration. There was a a daily Thanksgiving prayer prayed by men of faith, Jewish men men of faith, and they prayed to God. God, thank you for making me a Jew, a believing Jew, not an unbelieving Gentile. Thank you for making me free, not slave. Thank you for making me a man, not a woman. Can you imagine? It was a daily Thanksgiving. You know, this is how everybody thought back then. Not just people of faith. This was everywhere. You talk about Asia and Confucian culture. I I come from that. I studied that history. Believe me, it was worse. (laughs) Horribly worse. Everywhere it was like that. Just look at the map of the Holy Temple back in Jerusalem. Caroline showed this. Uh, about a, a couple of years ago. It's just so eye-opening. God is in the most holy place. He is at the center. He is on top. He is the perfection, the norm. And then you have the court of priests. So all these people are categorized in the rank of importance. And they are put in proximity to God. The court of priests, they are the next important group of people. And of course, only men can be priests. And then you got the court of Israel... And guess what? That refers to only men. You know, Israel, only men qualify to be in that category. And then you got the court of women, and then you got the unbelievers. So you got this thinking of categorizing people in different categories and putting them into importance and worth and dignity depending on their race, their gender, their wealth, their power, status. And that was just how everyone in the world thought. Some people have more dignity and power and intrinsic importance than other people. Right? That's just how it was. Nobody questioned this. And into this, into this, Christ Jesus comes as a human being and he removes all these categories as having the power to define our worth. The cross gives dignity to all people equally. Amen? Amen. Because if God died for you and if God's image is in you, nothing can top that intrinsic dignity, worth, and value. So what if you have a little more money than others? So what if you are man versus women? If God's image is in every human being, I mean, that's just incredible dignity. 
infinite dignity to all people. You can't really categorize and differentiate. There's a theologian named Dan Fuller who taught at the Fuller Seminary all his life, and that's a, a preeminent evangelical seminary. And Fuller said, this verse that declares that there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, free and slave, male or female in Christ Jesus, he said this is a prophetic declaration that God is unfolding in humanity. Because nobody thought like this back then. This was about the future and what God is up to in human history. How he is unfolding his plan for humanity in order, he said. First, God is, is at work. The Spirit of God is at work removing the line between Jew and Gentile. Everybody has equal access to the living God. You don't have to be this believing Jew that follows the Bible. Everyone has equal access, Jew or Gentile. First, God does that through the cross. That is the marvelous work of the cross. Holy Spirit poured out upon all people. And then comes the line between free and slave. And then male and female. The prophetic progression of God's work on earth. And it's been happening, don't you think? God is winning, guys. First, Jew or Gentile, that got destroyed. You know, we are here. We're all Gentiles, you know. And we are right next to God, in God's spirit. Hallelujah. So that got done with the cross. And then free or slave, Nobody questions slavery, but no more. No more. You know, none of us think slavery is okay, right? So our thinking has changed. That part is done. And male and female, that's been, that's been happening over history. Women were not considered a full human being, guys. Women could not testify at court because people didn't think women can think. Women had no right to property. Last hundred years, women got the right to vote, the right to property. And even lately, have you been watching the news? It's been breathtaking, really. What's been happening lately? All these powerful men who are finally being called to account for sexually harassing women. SNL had this skit, you know, and the main thing about that skit was, turns out that every man you have heard of is a predator. <laughs> you know? And, and that just, you know, on one hand it's sad because you realize, oh my goodness, how prevalent this must have been. I mean, it was just accepted. You can just do this. Even our president, you know, you can just do whatever you want to women, right? He said that, and he still got elected. So there's no consequence, right? You can just do to women whatever you want to do, and people were doing that. And that shows the culture. That shows what's been happening out there. But God is at work. And he is bringing the hidden things to light, the dark things into the light. 
And it is breaking down. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? It's been happening. I'm so encouraged by that. It's the good news. Now, it's not been all straight up progress though, right? We still got ways to go. Women still make only 70 to 80% of the wages for the same job, same work, same qualification. You know? There's still some ways to go because we've been in, you know, in a bad place for so long. It takes some time. It's slow coming. And there's also resistance. There's resistance. Sadly, it feels like a lot of the church world <laughs> is part of the resistance to this work of God. Labeling this secular agenda. You know, some church people are calling what's been happening lately war on men. You know, when women are just asking not to be assaulted. <laughs> you know, we're not like taking men down. We're just saying women just don't want to be assaulted. Do we have right to, right? Uh, but the church world, we, are, we seem to be stuck in old covenant, holy temple mentality, right? Still, so many of the church, only men can be the leader, you know? I would say 80% plus of the church world, only men can be the leader. And that has impact, you know? And, and, and this, this, this mistaken... understanding that, that this is not God's work. This is secular agenda. That's really sad. It's a mistake. But it's nothing new. When Jesus came to us, it was the religious godly people who resisted him. The Bible tells us he came to his own and his own rejected him. It's always been that way. So it is a call upon those of us who are in faith. We must recognize we're always tempted to get stuck in that old kind of thinking and end up resisting the Spirit of God. As Martyr Stephen said, we always resist the work of the Holy Spirit as church. We have to develop the eyes of faith to see What is the Spirit of God up to in this wide world? He's not just in here. He's everywhere, moving humanity forward. This is not secular agenda. This is Christian agenda. Nietzsche is a prominent secular philosopher. You've heard of Nietzsche. One of the fathers of modern thinking. And he said... This movement, this historical movement to give dignity to all, to the powerless and the weak, he called it sneaky Christian subversion. He called Christianity philosophy of the weak for the weak. He blamed it for the demise of the Roman Empire. Because, you know, what are you talking about? This dignity to all people, it destroys empires. We have to recognize strong as the right to rule. This is the Christian agenda. There is no Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female in Christ Jesus. Amen? And we are called to be part of this. We're called to be part of this work that God is doing in this world. 
So I want to give you all a moment to reflect on all this. What does God in us mean to you personally? What does that mean to you? God in us. God created us in His image. He came to us as a human being. Wow. You know, he, he gives incredible prestige to human being by becoming a human being. What does that mean to you personally? What does that mean to you that there is God in every human being, God's image in every human being, giving dignity to all people? What does that mean to you? Let's take a moment to reflect because it's just a powerful thought that regardless of your situation, your power, your wealth, your beauty, your status, whatever that is, Whatever is going on in your life, whatever challenge you're going through right now that you think is going to determine your life, whatever that may be, God in us is a bigger thing, foundational thing. So take a moment to reflect and ask God to speak to you right now. Let's just take even 30 seconds. God, come to us and speak to us. Even now, come into our spirits, our soul, Deep in us, speak to us. Thank you, God. Whatever you thought of, keep that thought in mind. I'm going to come back to that towards the end of this sermon. Now, a couple of Sundays ago, there was a, a film crew interviewing lots of us. Did you notice? There was like a whole crew, right? And a lot of us, were willing to say something on camera. They said they got so much good material, they can make seven documentaries. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. There was just so much heartfelt sharing about what this church community means to you. I'm so thankful to you all for that. And, and, and all that filming and all that, that happened. Most of you have heard about it, but let me just say just briefly, this high-level advertising executive, Tom Layden, he was so moved by God to help us. So you have now seen them in action. It's not just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> it's happening. And there is a lot brewing, which we'll be telling you about, that this next year is going to be very exciting around here, guys. There's a lot coming. Anyway, uh, one comment Tom made, which was so encouraging, was what struck him most from all these interviews is just this sense of genuine connection and love and warmth that people have here in this community. It's like so genuine and warm and redemptive. He was very struck by that. I was encouraged by that because we're trying to build this church on love and connection. Because we really believe this. God is love. Love is what drove God to be a human being. Bible says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. What a powerful verse. Everyone who loves is born of God, knows God. No matter your gender, your class, your race, even belief systems. Cultures and backgrounds you come from because everyone means everyone. 
right? Everyone who loves, born of God, loves God. God is at work when someone is truly loving. This just is so powerful. It rearranges everything. All those categories and labels we put on each other, they no longer have validity in Christ Jesus. It's all about God, the cross, love of God in us. That's what matters. And so this is what we want to build our church on, love and connection, for that is what Jesus showed us in the cross. And I believe this is why church community is essential to any pursuit of Christian faith. Because if this is really true, if God is love, and, and love is what matters above all, more than your knowledge, more than your wealth, more than your achievements, more than your beliefs, your backgrounds, that love is what really matters, then you got to do that in community. It can't just be talk. It has to be really lived out. And to be lived out, you have to be connecting with people. And that's why church community is so essential that we practice this, you know, with Jesus at the center. A community of faith where His Spirit is at work, removing all these categories, truly connecting people in the gospel message that everyone has access to God, that you should connect to God, so that everyone can have their own unique journey of, God, of faith, where you can be yourself, but have the same central aim of connecting to God at the center, so that, I mean, look around you. I mean, it's such a diverse church, don't you think? Just take a moment and look. I love this. You know, it's just a beautiful little community here. And I think that has impact. Because this is God's work, God's spirit at work, removing those categories. To have a true community where we are truly connected to each other across these dividing lines. Where the power of the cross is truly making us be able to connect across all those dividing lines, that's the gospel at work. And, and such a community, such a church, just by existing, that has influence. That matters. That becomes salt and light. Just by existing, it shows the whole world what is possible. And spiritually speaking, it is the mustard seed that becomes this huge tree that changes everything. That's why church is so important when it is trying to cooperate with and hearing the call of God's work through human history to remove these boundaries so that we can see what God's love can really do, not just be talked about as ideals, but really lived out. Amen? Amen. Yeah, you guys are great. I love this church. I want us to build this church together for those reasons. It can provide purpose for our lives that goes beyond the little thing. It can feel like a little thing, but it's a huge thing because it is what God is up to in human, human history. You know, many of you know that our church declined in membership because of our decision to fully include the LGBTQ community. 
We just couldn't do otherwise. When we, are, we keep reading these verses, like whoever loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. And we have known for a while, what is the loving thing to do? I mean, just common sense tells you what is the loving thing to do. Right? You can't tell people to go to the back of the bus. That's not loving. You know? But we have to pay a price for those convictions. We are willing to pay that cost. Pay that cost. Because Jesus is alive and he calls everyone to himself as they are. And it's God's grace that is the foundation of our faith. And, and, and that allows us not to do the old covenant norm-based religion where you end up categorizing people. You know? We believe in this gospel message. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And it has such impact for the rest of your life. And we believe this church will resonate with lots of people in New York if they just knew about it. You know what I mean? Don't you agree? There's something beautiful going on here. So we're going to get the word out. All that film work. Even now, Tom's team is working on producing all these clips. And we're hoping to show you some of that even in the next couple of weeks during the month of December. But... We're really going to deploy that and roll it out during the Lenten season leading into Easter. That's going to be the time when we really launch this campaign. And here are some of the things we're going to do as proposed by Tom. A new website that visually and verbally explains our new covenant approach to faith. New signage and brochures. Grassroots marketing programs to attract newcomers. Social media campaign to start documenting what's happening here and share it with our neighbors. Paid media to boost our social campaign. Public relations campaign to garner stories in the press. Isn't that cool? I mean, they are really like professionals. So they have all these steps and they have, they have like teams that are assigned to do all these things. I, it's very exciting. We're going to get the word out. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Jesus is good news to everyone. He really is good news to everyone. He's not bad news to some people and good news to others. He's good news to everyone. It's good news that all these categories are going away. Wouldn't you rather live in a world where male and female have equal dignity? Yes? You know, I would. I want to leave such a world to our kids. Not just as slogans, but really deep in our thinking. Even in that subconscious level that we've been talking about. That has impact. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen through communities like ours. We're really living that out. And showing what kind of better fruit that is. And spreading it and spreading it. I want us to really be part of this. What does it mean to you personally that God is in us all? That, that God, we are made in God's image. That Jesus became a human being to emphasize, remind us of all this. 
you know, what our people have said to Tom during those interviews. It's really moved Tom's team so much. They're not only donating their time. You know, you, I've told you this. They have given $10,000 to the project. They're not even part of this community. They live in Colorado. They're flying over here doing this. And they're giving money. And after hearing all these interviews, they're so moved, they're giving even more money. <laughs> you know, they're like, this is, God, this is humanity moving forward. want to be part of that. You know? And someone who heard about this was so moved, they gave $15,000 check on the spot from this community. That's really great. Because it's going to take some money to do all that stuff I showed you. That's not going to come free, you know? Caroline and I, we are going to give significantly to this campaign as well. We just believe in this. This is why we're giving so much of ourselves to building this community. It has impact, there's meaning, there's purpose. I want you all to say yes to God's call, to be part of what He's doing to advance human history. It's going to have an impact on you as well as the world if you say yes to this. Your life will all of a sudden feel a lot more meaningful. It will feel colorful. You will feel like I'm part of God's work. And that is what Jesus wanted for every single follower of His. If you're part of His movement, you must say yes to preaching the good news to everyone in the world. Because it changes everything. It's part and parcel of what it means to have faith. So let's be part of building this church together. Here are some of the things you can do. You can give financially to the campaign. Look, it's the end of the year. Some of you are doing tax planning. You got some bonus coming your way. It's been good economy. Markets are hitting records, right? Well, think of this church. You get tax deduction, okay? Before the tax bill passes, I don't know what's in that, you know? So who knows what they're going to do. But, you know, before that, think about giving to this campaign, this church. We can have some money to spread the word. It's going to have meaning. You can share the video clips when, we, when the Easter and Lenten times come around. Share those clips with people you know. You know, we're going we're gonna to try to produce beautiful clips of real people sharing real changes. Share it. Talk about it with people you know. What it means to be part of God's movement on earth. Uh, you can volunteer on Sundays. We need volunteers. You can volunteer to be on our newcomer welcome campaign. You know, we're going to produce a brochure and you're going to be able to check some of these boxes. We're going to form teams. and That's going to be exciting next year, folks. How does that sound to you? Sounds good? We don't want to just come to church and go home. We want to be part of something exciting, building a movement of something. The Christian agenda. So, this is going to be the focus of our Lenten season coming up. The six weeks leading up to Easter. And we're going to be rolling out all these things. Let's do this together. It's going to be so fun. Don't you think? This is what Christ, the risen Christ, is calling us to be part of. And I'm so excited to be in this with you as I look out and look at your faces. As I 
as I think about your stories, as I think about your lives and, and this community together. It's just, it's so moving to me that we get to do this together. Hallelujah. There is no, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you that you are moving in this world and you've been winning. It's taking a while. 2,000 years, Lord. We are very thick. But Lord, you are moving us forward. You've been winning and we can see it in history. Your kingdom inexorably marches on. And Lord, we want to be part of your kingdom. We want to be part of this great move of God to bring about the future into the present of your kingdom into this earth. Holy Spirit, move us even now. Remind us of your image in us personally. Remind us of you coming to become a human being to call us to be part of your movement to move us all forward together. Help us, Lord, to hear your call, be part of your call, and as we connect to your story, lift our lives up into your kingdom and help us to live in the kingdom dimension with your spirit breathing and blessing every moment of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.